1: what in the wide wide world of sports is going on
2: here? broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world austin, Texas, baby. it's bucky and aaron
3: you guys want to play some twos you know what actually we're kind of in the middle of a conversation b and e
1: what's b
2: and e bucky godbolt aaron hogan on the horn 1049 am 1260 and hornfm.com with the longhorns play and austin talks sports
4: man, football on the brain for sure with uh, camp opening all over the NFL. Just seeing some video from Houston Texans camp where Texans fans are excited to see number eight, John Mechie. John Mechie out there running around uh, getting loose. Remember, of course, he was their second round pick two drafts ago out of Alabama, then suffered uh, from cancer, right? He battled right. Hodgkin's, Hodgkin's lymphoma, and now he's back and fully cleared and uh, ready to go, which can be another addition to that. That team, obviously, the Houston Texans, a very young team with C.J. Stroud at quarterback, Damian Pierce at running back. You've got uh, Mechie and, you know, young receivers that they're going to try to build. Dalton Schultz is now there to bring some veteran leadership. They, remember, they also brought in Devin Singletary, the running back from Buffalo, who they think can be a nice change of pace and a veteran presence for them on offense, and obviously now have D'Amico Ryans running the show uh, and some stability at the head coaching position. And, and the
1: quarterback's deal sign, signed, right?
4: Yep, fully guaranteed from the second pick in the draft, and they're hoping he can have an immediate impact there but again they they're they're, they're a work in progress but at least there's positive progress it's not the David Cully year that was completely oh, no. a tank and then the Lovey Smith thing which was a tank uh now at least there's some optimism and D'Amico Ryan's brings everybody you talk to says there's just an infectious optimism with D'Amico. and um there's some pieces on that defense that they're trying to build around and um you know by the way the Texans who came over the weekend but they, they hired Jonathan Joseph. Remember Joe, J. Joe, the oh, uh, yeah. former corner? He's been hired to help uh, as a coach in their secondary. They really want him to help develop young um, the De- Derek Stingley. The, so there is a
1: place for Zeke for the Cowboys. <laughs> Coaching. Just put the whistle around his neck and let's go. Yeah. No, Player I'm, coach. Hey, no, not
4: player. Don't say the word. Not player. Nothing. I don't think that uh, Zeke was spotted at t- Cowboys camp yesterday. Oh no, he didn't. He um, wasn't sitting
1: beside the Joneses at all. He
4: was right outside the fence with his eye, looking in. <laughs> hey, what about me? He was in the car, keeping it keeping it cool for dad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we kid. But he's still unsigned at this point. Yeah, he the, the Texans have brought him in, which I think is pretty cool. But they're again, that's a there's just they're, they're not a lot of expectations in Houston that they're gonna be very good, but. Um, if they can be competitive, get themselves to some victories, and f- develop a young quarterback with a young coach, that's going to be uh, the goal there in Houston. But yeah, they got some young pieces, and now you got to start putting those pieces together. Obviously, Will Anderson, the the guy they traded for, he needs to be good, right? That pick. Oh yeah. Um, talk about the value of that pick. I mean, they traded back up to get him. He needs to become an immediate factor on their defense. Uh, to go with Jalen Petrie and Derek Stingley and some other young pieces they have on the D-side in Houston. So that all gets going today. They've got their first practice. Cowboys have their first practice today. Uh, I wanted to play this, Buck, for you because, uh, you know, there's sound from Jerry Jones, but I actually pulled this from uh, a local news report up in Dallas covering Cowboys camp yesterday. It's Mike Leslie, WFAA. Here's his little uh, minute-and-a-half piece that has quotes from Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones, and uh, on the, the optimism. Uh, They think they're a contender for uh, the big thing, and that's the whole goal. Here's a little piece from WFAA. The Dallas Cowboys'
2: annual State of the Team press conference is largely for one purpose, to find out whether owner Jerry Jones thinks he's got a Super Bowl contender this season. If we can have the kind of camp we want to have, we've got a team that can compete for the top top spot.
4: The first several minutes of the press conference focused on all-pro left guard Zach Martin and his
2: holdout from camp in search of a better contract. Jones balked at the subject just not going to discuss anything about uh uh, any player any of our players agreements we uh, have great communication with frankly everybody so uh, not necessarily any surprises at all but uh, we won't be discussing any of the football business aspect of this thing
4: you know he's a great player he's one of our team leaders you know there's nothing but love for him and and so that part hasn't changed i think as jerry's already addressed
3: it i mean this is a business situation and and, and that's where it is.
4: But regardless
2: of who is here at the moment, Jones believes in his team. When you weigh it, you weigh where we've evolved uh, over the last two or three years with our defense. Uh, you look at uh, some of the talent we've got. Look at Dak. Uh, when I look at all those things, I think we've got a chance to be a contender. Jerry
4: Jones didn't use there, there the There you go. Word. There is uh, WFAA. You get some Mike McCarthy in there, some Jerry Jones.
1: How do you like Jerry's uniform? I told you he'd come out like a coach. He looked so much better but than Al course, Davis did when he used to come out in all black.
4: And Jerry, oh, Al Davis. <laughs> did uh, he come did here? that in Austin when it was 110 <laughs> degrees. It's unbelievable. Here is uh, Jerry, too, on uh, his living accommodations at camp. Uh, you know, Jerry's always got to do little little, com- little comedy
2: while he's, uh, in, you know, holding court with the media. Uh, I appreciate uh, uh, the nuance of uh, 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 driving in and getting my room out here. I think this is about 10, 11 years in that room. It looks less than my college dorm uh, at the time, but uh, it uh, feels good to be in there. Now I go out the back door and sleep up here at the Biltmore, but other than that, <laughs> other than that, we're in good shape. Uh, uh, he's like
4: you, Buck. He's
1: not, he's
2: not oh, camping, man. Oh, he's no. glamping.
1: not staying in that dorm room at night. That dude is gone to the hotel.
4: Gone to the hotel, the Biltmore. Uh, you know, One of the reasons the media flocks to Oxnard to cover the Cowboys, because it's a camp and there's not much news typically from a training camp, but they get to go to the media party. Oh, yeah. You know the media party that Jerry oh. throws for everybody and they have a big old time? Uh, they
1: would good at those places.
4: And he used to do that all the way back to when they were in Austin, back when I was in college and just leaving college. He used to do, do a big event at the Copper Tank. Remember the Copper Tank oh, was yeah. downtown? And then uh, Dance Across Texas was down right there off 71. Prime Rib. Oh, man. Copper Tank was the the bomb, man. And I always tell you that uh, that, that little gentleman's club that's there was called Expose. When I first oh, yeah. got to St. Edwards and they weren't training there, it was a complete dump. And then by the time they left... Man, that place was a palace. They, they pumped a lot of money into that place over every every mo- every year for about six weeks.
1: Jerry has all the coaching gear on, a little undershirt on there, just a little sweat, you know what I mean?
4: And you know, speaking of being dressed up, there was one moment, Buck, at camp. Oh gosh, it was, must have been 1995. Um, they were on their way. Barry Switzer had taken over as the coach and that whole mess. But so they had become so popular, Buck, that they, I mean, literally they they had to set up like fencing. Because the cowboys all drove golf carts from the dorms, because oh, the yeah. dorms were across the campus, and they would drive the the golf carts from their dorm room all the way over to the practice fields, and then they'd stop and eat at the, the cafeteria there. Uh, but they they had lined it with with you know um, what do you call it? chain link fencing, mm-hmm. so to keep the fans away. And the fans would just it was like the Beatles were in town. I mean, it was just five deep all the way along the fences. It and
1: hot the, as hell
4: there. Well, of course, these are NFL players, so you would have some of the hottest women in Austin who would show up dressed to the nines at, like, 5 in the afternoon, knowing that they're going to be driving through. And I remember one time, remember Brock Mary in the safety, good-looking dude? He was cruising through on his golf cart, and he spotted a a young female uh, standing there at the fence line. He stopped his deal, and kind of like Travis Kelsey, I think he gave her a friendship bracelet or or something. Oh, Really? Uh, room number, phone number, something, and got back in his cart, Some took ki- off.
1: Some candy cigarettes he gave her? Didn't oh, he?
4: I just made sure she could get a hold of him if he wanted to, if she was like that. And no, dude, dude she was in, like, you're out there in oh gym, gym shorts and a T-shirt and you're sweating. She had the high skirt, the high heels, the the whole man, the whole the whole bit. And I was like, all right, way to go, Brock. That's a way to do that. Yeah,
1: evenings around those dorms, was like a breakout. Like getting out of Alcatraz. <laughs>
4: Those guys had some fun while they were here. I think that's fair. And as CB sense, the, in the Jerry Jones era, the Dallas Cowboys' best seasons were when they held training camp at Austin's St. Edward's there University. 77, 35, and 5. Uh, 77 and 35. Five straight NFC East championships. Three Super Bowl championships.
1: And they, now they're seasons. going out there with the, the California weather. 80s, 70s. I'm telling you, man. Those were some good times. Those were some good
4: times with the Cowboys. Uh, that that particular 95-year when the Cowboys won the Super Bowl, but that was the Barry Switzer team. That was just as a young person who wanted to get into this industry and this business. Um, I mean, I was at the, the press conference when Barry Switzer had gotten arrested for taking the gun in his bag <laughs> into the airport, and he had to try to explain that. And of course, everyone is already doubting why are we doing this? Why are we hiring this guy, uh, Barry Switzer? Uh, maybe it was 96 was the year the gun, because they had already won the Super Bowl. So he was more established at that point. He came back in 96. Because
1: he thought by then you can take a gun into the airport. No, he no said, problem. I
4: knew I could, and I just grabbed the, grab the, the wrong bag. bag. I got the wrong bag. I got the wrong bag. My guns
1: are in one bag, and my clothes are in the well, other bag. Well, he said he
4: had his grandkids in the, at the house, so he would put the gun in a bag and so, so he could put it away and get it away, you know, the, knowing That's right. little kids around. But then, when he went to get the bag to pack to come to Austin, he forgot that he put the gun in the bag, and
1: yeah, that was the over. bootlegger, son. They have safes for those. They have safes for. Th- Had to put him in a duffel bag. <laughs> Kids will get in the duffel bag. All right. So
4: high expectations for the Cowboys. I do think the uh, the NFC got a little more interesting yesterday with the word that Brock Purdy is cleared to go, and should be the number one, the QB one in San Francisco. Uh, obviously, because right now when you're building the pecking order in the NFC, buckets Philadelphia. Um, as the, the the reigning champions, and then I got to put San Francisco. If you're telling me Brock Purdy's healthy, and you still have t- Trey Lance there as security, and someone that you can still do some stuff with, who
1: else is there? Sam Darnold there.
4: Sam Darnold's third string. I don't know if he'll make that team. Yeah, he will. Well, if if, if Trey Lance, what are you going to cut Trey Lance? No, you can keep three quarterbacks. Now they're going well, to have yeah, they're going to have to keep three. I'll put him on the practice squad, but you won't be on that game he's, day roster. He's
3: signed like he's making like seven million a year. Oh. It's like a true
4: backup quarterback deal. Well, then, then what? What are they going to do with Trey Lance? Why didn't they, they just trade keep him? Three then? quarterbacks. Well, at that price tag, I know Brock Purdy is very cheap right now for them, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see with Sam Darnold, what what his uh, opportunity is there. But you know, I don't think you give up on Trey Lance. But at the same time, you, when I say they could feature Trey Lance in some packages, Buck, they kind of have to because they're going to have to trade that player. If Brock oh, yeah. Purdy continues to, you know, that's a a ways down the road, and he needs to show he's healthy. But if he, he, you know, you need to find try to showcase him a little bit so you may be able to trade something for him you can trade it a lot to get Trey Lance and now you've
1: or you're going to you hang on to him and look stupid because you, and you don't want to look stupid for keeping him yeah and if somebody wanted them
3: for... they probably would have offered something Well and
4: look they now, brought right? in they brought Sam Darnold in and you know will disagree with you. I think they brought Sam Darnold in just in case Brock Purdy didn't heal properly right or something happened with the elbow the fact I mean I don't know that Sam Darnold's going to want to be there as a third third team quarterback he'll be the He'll be the backup. I don't, know, I don't know, man. Trey, I mean, how much have we seen
3: of Trey? We've seen Trey Lance play for like half
4: yeah, a but football Trey game. Trey Lance was the starting quarterback last year when the season began. Yeah, they but they were, had
3: no idea. That was like their only option.
4: Okay, but you don't fall from the starting quarterback last year. We're moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. We just couldn't trade him. And all of a sudden, he's not even your backup quarterback. I don't think that there's a progression there that makes any sense, and especially to lose that job to Sam Darnold who's never done much of anything in, in the NFL. Um, I would think you're still higher on Trey Lance and his future than you are on Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was brought in as complete insurance just in case uh, for Trey Lance because both, both Trey Lance and Brock Purdy were both coming off injuries. Uh, and, you know, you, you need security to make sure you have a quarterback. But I think my thought would be that Sam Darnold will be the odd man out there when, when it's all said and done. But we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, pecking order, Philadelphia, San Francisco, then Dallas. Dallas is right there, right there. to three, say yes. Where do we slot Detroit? Who? Detroit or Minnesota? Who's next? Detroit, Minnesota, the Saints or Seattle?
1: Minnesota still winning their division, so yeah. Over Min- the Detroit Lions, yes.
4: Detroit Lions last ten games last year went eight and two.
1: Come on, Dan Campbell, no eight way. And two in
4: their last ten. Uh, here they come with with an improved team. They believe they've added pieces. Now they they have to replace both DeAndre Swift. And uh, Jamal Williams are running back, but they you know, they brought in David Montgomery and they and the drafted they drafted uh, Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama with the twelfth pick. He's getting rave reviews early in camp for his speed and quickness. Um, and we know Jared Goff. If he doesn't turn the ball over, that offense is really hard to stop. Um, you know, and then on defense, they think they've made some pretty Im- big improvements. Are the, are, are the Vikings still better than them? Yes. Have the Vikings improved their defense?
1: Anything from last year will be an improvement.
4: Well, remember they made the playoffs. Um, you know, Vikings won some big games last year, but they also remember they they match up with the Cowboys and they lose. They match up with the Eagles and they got sh-
3: crushed. They had yeah. the worst uh, point differential of any playoff team ever. Yeah, so I think Detroit's ripe to be there.
1: Hey, they know how to lose win close games though. They the Vikings, had like 13
3: wins and a negative point differential. Crazy. Uh, they won, how a, does that happen? That's hey, one of those you know
1: law of nature catches. They know up. how to win.
3: Yeah, you know, I also winning
1: is hard, and they have Kirk. Cullough. I don't know if you know that yet.
3: Well, they were the team that came back. They were down like thirty to Jeff Saturday and the Colts. Yeah, they oh, yeah. game. Thank well, they you they won much. that
4: miracle game in Buffalo, and when, when Justin Jefferson made the miracle catch, and that was the crazy. They were the TCU of, last year. of the NFL, kind of were, and that's year. why you wonder: Is Detroit ready to come get them?
1: The Dan Campbells, though, come on. They're, isn't that isn't that over yet? No one,
4: no one knows what to expect from the Green Bay Packers because the Green Bay Packers. Uh, don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore, and what is Jordan Love going to be? Who knows? Uh, speaking of unknown commodities, and then Cowboys would be third. And then if you're listening to people in Chicago, Justin Fields thinks they're going to be pretty good. The, he thinks the uh, the Bears, Justin Justin Fields, thinks like he's going to take a Jalen Hurts kind of step this year within that offense to become not just a dynamic runner, but also more weapons to throw to. And so watch out for the Bears. I'm uh, throwing
1: out the New York Football Giants here.
4: Where do, you, where do you put the Seattle Seahawks in this conversation? Because I think the Saints are the best team. The Saints check the most boxes of any team in the NFC South, right? Because Atlanta, you know, young yes. quarterback, a lot of young talent, uncertain Carolina with Bryce Young, you're not sure, um, you know, and then Tampa Bay with no Tom Brady and who knows what to make. I think the Saints are the best team, pound for player for player, in that division. I don't know how good they are. But then the quarterback's
1: C- gonna make all the difference in the world right now.
4: Because over where the 49 the uh, the 49ers are your favorites, you've got Seattle and the Rams and the Cardinals. The Cardinals are gonna be tanking for the first pick, right? Uh, but Seattle was a playoff team last year, and they've got Geno Smith back. They had another really good draft. Um, you know, could Seattle be a team that emerges through the rebuild if Geno Smith is back to remember he played and made the Pro Bowl yeah, last year? They want year.
1: their defense to get better.
4: And in which, Seattle, and they've added to their defense. Yes, they did, right? Um, with the draft picks and the moves they made, they t- they took the top corner on the board with the fifth pick in the draft back in April. Um, you know, and they had a, they, remember the, the 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 Seahawks. The one of the things that allowed them to get to the playoffs last year was the draft they had two drafts ago, which they had more starts from rookies, including two offensive linemen, than any other team last year. So these young guys are now into year two. And they've added another draft class to it. I think Seattle's one of those sneaky teams that people aren't talking about that might be pretty good. If Geno Smith, if that wasn't an aberration, and that really is, you know, this is the, the, the best version of Geno Smith.
1: The old man still playing there? Old ball head wide receiver? Tyler
4: Lockett, yep. Yep. And has got to be 36. Well, and remember, they have D.K. Metcalf, who's a freak, and they drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba yes. from Ohio State. They got running backs. Uh, this offensive line is young but improving. That's a team that I would keep an eye on out there because they also get to play Arizona twice, which everyone's going to want to play Arizona this year. Uh, They've got the Rams. What are the Rams going to be? I know Craig Way came in yesterday saying, and by the way, you're going to be on with Craig Way coming up for an hour between 10 and 11 because Jeff Howe is out today. That'll be uh, exciting to hear you two together for a little bit. And then uh, Craig also mentioned that Gene Watson will be with him in the 11 o'clock hour talking about that big Rangers-Astros series and all the goings-on in Major League Baseball. Rams still have
1: a pretty good roster.
4: Well, they do, and that's and Craig was like, you know, the reports out of L. A. Because Craig's a big Rams fan, are that Matt Stafford's healthy. Matt Stafford is even after 100%, pushing that woman,
1: even after not catching that he woman. He didn't
4: push her off the stage. She fell off. The, he didn't help her though.
1: Oh no, he didn't jump to it. He didn't jump to it. I know that. It took his time. He said, "Honey,
4: take care of her." She fell off the stage. <laughs> Might have broken her neck, but uh, no, you I gotta take go care. over here. <laughs> I'm going this way. No, but uh, Craig's reports are that the that Matt Stafford's completely healthy. He looks great. Because remember last year at this time they were talking about pitch counts and. Oh no, they said right. he's just
1: going and throwing.
4: Yeah, now he's back. Now they have Cooper Cup, but man, what? Where are they on the offensive line? Um, Aaron Donald. You know they traded Jalen Ramsey off of that defense. Uh, they after got two l-
1: pretty good cornerbacks.
4: They do. I don't think they'll be terrible. I just don't know that they have the overall depth. I think they're into kind of a cap real they didn't have any they a lot of draft picks until late in the draft
1: that's what they get for winning the super Bowl well,
4: right yeah they went all in I mean that's the thing right that's the cost of winning that super Bowl and they did it they put their chips on the table. we're watching them punching poker right over your right shoulder left shoulder there uh, they put their chips on the table they traded a lot of draft picks to build that team that won the super Bowl but now you know they've cut off some of those guys that are out and they don't have the, the cap space or the draft picks to replace them so there's still some top end talent there, but they seem like a top heavy roster that's talented at the top, but not deep enough to, you know, navigate a 17 week schedule.
1: Well, they know they got to be a part of it for where they are in in Los Angeles. Because, I don't rule
4: them out. Uh, same time because of Herbert and his
1: contract, I, I would, he's going to be the talk of the town.
4: Yeah, well, and because that's over in that AFC, but I, I think I would put Seattle ahead of the Rams right now in that division behind 49ers. Okay. Right. So, you, and Seattle's in that mix. I mean, I think the New Orleans Saints have a good chance to make the playoffs just by winning their division uh, and getting in. It might be nine and seven, but you know, you win that division, which is going to be a bad division. You're in Lions, Vikings, and maybe the Bears in the Central or in the North. And then, are we just do we just discount the Packers that it was all Aaron Rodgers and there's nothing else left, and they're not actually pretty good? Or are they just going to are they going to go from you know consistently in the playoffs and a good team? I know they were bad last year with Aaron Rodgers' bad year, but is it, are the Packers not even in the conversation? Becomes And it really depends love. on how good Jordan I Love is. Love. I think anybody does. I think the the Packers know about Jordan Love. They're going to say the right things, but do they know? And then there's the, the Eagles and Cowboys over in the NFC East. So, yeah, Cowboys third, but that next team is going to be really interesting. Could be Seattle, could be Minnesota, could be Detroit.
1: Who's the, those commanders? Uh, Washington. Quarterback.
4: Uh, Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Former. North Carolina quarterback played for Mac Brown.
1: He's all right. He's like a little hands. Hey, I told y'all that like you six like months
4: ago, and y'all were like, "No." He I not. thought for sure they would try to replace him. And I, I don't know if they hadn't been in the middle of being sold that they wouldn't have been more aggressive with a Lamar Jackson move or something else. It's about
1: the same level as little hands, right? Pickett,
4: yeah, Pickett and Pittsburgh. They like their guys. What's wrong with that?
1: Nothing wrong with that. We'll see. He's the beat the runner.
3: Cowboys week seventeen.
4: Hey, maybe he's Brock Purdy part two. You know what I mean? Um, he had higher expectations than Brock Purdy, that's for sure. Sam Howell is the going quarterback in Washington. But they still have one of the – remember, the Washington football team were the third-rated defense in the oh, league deep, last year. They can right. play D. And they're young. and they. So if they get any quarterback play, it, that's the thing about the Washington football team. When you play them in that division twice, they won't be an easy out. I mean, their defense is going to make it rough on your offensive line. Uh, they're going to you know bust you up a little bit on defense. But what offense can they bring? Can they actually hang with the – the, the high-scoring teams like the Eagles. Yeah, and
1: well, yeah, the Cowboys are going to have to battle with the Washington football team and the Giants. It's not to leave the Giants out of their tie. Yeah,
4: they won the play; they made the playoffs. Remember, the Giants go from having the 31st easiest schedule in the league last year to up to like six, sixteen because they made the playoffs, and so now you, you play a tougher schedule now. Uh, and we'll see how good is Daniel Jones. How much of that was? Because remember, the Giants also don't have the uh, the element of surprise. No one knew what. What, they were going to, you know, what the offense was going to look like, defense was going to look like last year with Wink Martindale. Uh, you have all offseason now to prepare for that. And uh, we'll see, see. I just don't think the Giants roster is as talented as the Eagles or the Cowboys right now, player for player. But, uh, you know, we'll see. That's what we play the games. We're looking forward to it. We'll come back. It is live music update time uh, every Wednesday. Nick Shuley joins us and gives you the roadmap to your live music week. And there is some really good stuff this week. Uh, we'll tell you about it. That'll be with Nick next. Ball don't lie.
1: You don't ever hear about the NCAA denying a transfer? Right. No, transfer the hell you want. The NCAA is like, no, nah, we don't want to touch any of it. So they're hands off right now, hoping that it implodes and goes horribly wrong. And everybody cries and runs back to the NCAA and says, please, please, NCAA take over. We were wrong and you were
2: right. We'd rather see this whole damn thing yep. implode and go horribly wrong than give it back to the NCAA. Yep. Because We all know that that was a borderline criminal syndicate. We taste three to seven on the whole. Sunny days are ahead as Ironworkers Local
0: 482 Union is hiring 3,000 people right now for a huge new project. Maximize your potential today by applying at ironworkers482.org. That's
2: ironworkers482.org. It's Bucky and Aaron.
1: Slow light and banging all in my trunk full of funk I ain't never been a punk. I blow on skunk I blow on Doja. military minded, I'm a full of soldier
4: just Wednesday of just after 9 30 that means it's time for the live music update like and that means it's good to welcome into our studio the dulcet tones and the great voice of our man Nick Shuley the president of the live music updates with your roadmap to the live music week what's up sir
0: how y'all doing
4: guys we've had, we've had a month you know yeah, yeah. it's been yeah. a month it's quite a month. It's been a month. It's been a month. Uh, how are you? Mm-hmm. I, you just mentioned you had an NIL event yesterday out at the uh, South Austin, the Bannock Burn Church.
0: Yeah, we we work with this amazing charity down there called the Hungry Souls and the the One Fund folks and Clarkfield. We all kind of go out there, and uh, it is a fantastic organization that helps to to feed a lot of families and in, in different school districts. They do it through, I believe, after school programs. And Bill out there is phenomenal, and you know they kind of work through social workers and do it in a really really you know dignified way but they they help pack up a lot of meals do a lot and they can feed a family of four for a hundred dollars a month which is pretty impressive and uh they're they're a great organization i'm gonna give them a shout out and also say if you go to uh hungry-souls.org it is you can donate there and, d- and help with what they do that's and they really need great. that help.
4: yeah that's s-o-u-l-s
0: yes that's correct
4: Hungry Dash Souls sounds like a great organization, and what you said, Xavier X-Worthy came out. Yeah,
0: Xavier was there. A bunch of the O line was there. Uh, Mister Austin Brock Cunningham was there, so it was uh, it was it was a cool little deal. And we had a, and a ton of ton of volunteers from around Austin too. Shout out to all the schools that that had a, a bunch of the younger kids volunteering. I mean these these kids make quick work of packing up
4: all this stuff. It's a pretty cool deal. All right, so we have your live music picks for the week, and it's extensive. It's a good good list this week, including, a, you know, not r- rarely do we have uh, a bunch on a Wednesday night, but yeah. uh, pretty big. Yeah, this week is stacked. Uh, tonight I'll be taking my pops out, too.
0: We're going to the Paramount C see Kev Moe, and my dad's a huge fan of his, so we're going to do that and hang out with Mr. Jim Ritz and the good folks over there. Uh, but it's a, it's, tonight's also a huge day if you're an emo music or punk music fan, because we've got Yellow Card at Stubbs, Sparta at the Parish, and then Taking Back Sunday, The Main, Paris, Hot Mulligan, Andrew McMahon are all at Germania Amphitheater as well. And I think that kind of starts early, so you go out there and enjoy that heat. That's Coda. That's it, yeah, that's out at Coda and then there's also an ACL taping tonight with Jenny Lewis who was the lead singer of Rilo Kiley and she's uh it's really really good kind of indie indie rock indie pop kind of kind of music and they're doing a taping over there at uh,
4: ACL Live at the theater and then tomorrow night, uh, there's gosh a couple of big traveling shows rolling through town.
0: Oh yeah, my, Michael Franti and Spearhead at ACL Live. That was one of the first shows I I think I ever saw at Liberty Lunch. Was uh, I saw the Foo Fighters and uh, the uh, Michael Franti and Spearhead were opening there. So that'll be a cool one. Uh, a band I've heard a lot about uh, from a lot of my good girlfriends out there in the community. Blonde Shell is playing Anton's, which is uh, in, shell. Like indie that. rock. Yeah. And then uh, somebody, some of y'all might have heard of Steve Miller Band. will be out at mm. Germania Amphitheater playing. He's got still a couple, killing it, dude. He's got a couple hits. Saw in there. him a few
3: years ago. All black, sound exactly the same. Oh, oh, man, oh hits for it. days, hits for days.
0: It's, a, for it's days. a jukebox when you go see it.
4: <laughs> I just, I always say, I wish he never would have made the song Abracadabra. That was the one that really—that <laughs> yeah. was the downer. Yeah, it, Everything else was great. Because I, when I was in high school, we went to see Steve Miller Band out in out on the Woodlands, and man, just yeah, hit after hit. And they sing along, and they're still doing it right now. Steve Miller Band will be tonight at Coda.
0: Yeah, tomorrow at Coda. Tomorrow, Coda. Yeah. sorry. No, no. Uh, and then uh, Friday we've got Young the Giant and Milky Chance. Some good indie rock out there at uh, at Germania again. Coda's got Coda's kind of stacked this week. Uh, and then uh, for all you country fans, Mr. Gary Allen will be playing the Round Rock Amp. Uh, As well as this one's a cool one out at Whitewater, Ryan Bingham, who I'm a big fan of, and the Texas Gentleman. I really Mm. like them, along with Jamestown Revival. And they're actually playing two nights. They'll be Saturday as well at at Whitewater. That'll be a good one to go float and do your thing and then come out there.
4: Ryan Bingham, uh, Yellowstone fame now.
0: Oh, I know. He's he's a famous man now. I remember (laughs) him when he used to play – Gosh, what was that? What was on, on the roof over by Cats? Was it Mo, Was it Momos? Momos, Momos. yeah. Momos. He used to do a residency there. Gosh, I got dragged there one day and was like, oh, huh, this guy's pretty good.
4: Yeah, getting on Taylor Sheridan's show has helped his career. They, <laughs> they feature his music, and he plays the guitar sometimes, and he's got the hot blonde girlfriend. It's he's all kind cool. Of, he's kind of that bad boy.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a fantastic songwriter, too. I'm things, such a
4: fan. What a, what a great voice, too.
0: And then uh, a great one over at the Moody Center with Lil Baby and I, a guy I really like, Kid Leroy there, as well as Glorilla. And then this one this one's my my pick for the week. Uh Ty and I were just talking about it. I know Ty's gonna be over there. Rob Baird at the Saxon pub and we'll give some tickets away for that. That is Austin's in my opinion, Austin's best artist. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's one of the best songwriters out there. Uh so you should definitely go check that one out at the Saxon. Is this
3: stuff back on Spotify?
0: Yeah, he was uh he he had like uh, something with his old publishing company and then he re recorded a bunch of stuff, kinda did the, the, the Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift did the Taylor Swift thing. Nice. To uh, but get he get uh, back control of his records and yep. the music, right? Yeah, and he's got it back. But he's 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 got he is a fantastic songwriter, hits for days out there. So we'll uh we'll give some Rob away to Baird, that later. So
4: yeah, coming up, we'll give away two spots there yep. on the guest list at Saxon Pub Friday night. Yeah,
0: Uh Baird like the
4: bread, if that's what if you're wondering. And then Saturday,
0: as I mentioned, you got Bingham Bingham again at, at Whitewater. But there's also another big country show out of Coda. We got Eric Church with Midland and one of my personal favorites, Ray Wiley Hubbard. And uh, also for all you post-hardcore fans out there, I know it's not a huge contingent, but uh, Braid is playing. But the the key part of that is there's this band called Recover opening. Who Recover's one of the best post-hardcore bands that come out of Austin, and I believe they are reunited now. For I don't know if that's for good, but I'm very excited to have them back. And then what Ty played on the uh, come comeback music here, we got the H Town Throwdown for all you Houston rap fans. Chameleonaires Zero. Slim Thug, Paul Wall, and Little Flip out at the Round Rock Amp.
4: All the OGs.
0: Oh, All man. the OGs. Tom Herman OGs be there. are back.
4: Tom Herman's going to be there. Remember when Tom <laughs> Herman was at Houston and
0: he got the grill? I saw his little uh, Florida Atlantic uh, uh, photo shoot. He looks he looks clean cut now. He looks uh, he slimmed down, too. He looks, he too. looks fresh. Severed yeah. up? <laughs> I don't know about that, but I don't know. Is he? I <laughs> and then as well, I found this one out Saturday night. I saw it kind of buried but because it's some Coca-Cola show or something out at the Moody Amphitheater that used to be uh, Waterloo Park or Republic Park, whatever that one was. Uh, the Chainsmokers will be there with Youngblood and Tate McRae as well as a few other acts. So that's a, that'll be something to do, and then Sunday I don't I don't actually know if I'm allowed to announce this on the radio, but we're going to go ahead and announce do it because it, do it. it is uh, Joe Abel's, the owner of the Saxon Pub. It's his 70th birthday party, starting at 1 p.m. at the Saxon, and just the artists I know that are coming out to this thing. It's going to be a who's who of people who played the Sunday Saxon over to the one to six. Yeah, one to six p.m. And I mean, it's it's Joe's seventieth birthday. I I was positive he was ninety or ninety five, <laughs> but he, I mean, he looks it. But he, uh, no, but he's he's the best. And so he's turning seventy. But that is one. If you're if you've ever been an Austin music fan, this is one to come by because everybody's going to pop through and play some songs, and uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun day to, to celebrate that. One to six, that, Saxon
4: man. Pub, Sunday. Might be hot, but get on inside oh, yeah. and
0: get you some uh, cold Bud Lights. Nice and to know, have a great in time. Saxon. Yeah yeah he's uh he's uh Joe's one of the best in the scene so he's he's worth celebrating and then uh, Monday another Austin Classic Dale Watson at the Continental Club as well as rounding out the week on Tuesday, we've got the a big pop artist Nikki at the Moody Amphitheater, but also opening that show is Susanna Jaffe, who's one of my favorites. She's a UT student or was in fantastic young singer songwriter, definitely worth
4: checking out. All right, so there's Nick Shuley with the live music update, and that's a really good week. And Keb Moe tonight, huh, Buck? You know Keb Mo? He's a or Keb Mo? He's a what do you what would you call him? Blues? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, bluesy, blues, soul. like soul.
0: Yeah, Blue Soul. Yeah, he's uh, he's really my dad's a huge fan. So uh, I'm a fan, not not insanely crazy, but I'm I'm excited to see it. It'll be fun to hang with the
4: pops. Looking forward to that. You you went to see with your pops to see uh, Jackson Brown. Jackson recently, Jackson Brown. Too. Yeah, we, we're we're hitting up some shows. I like that. And yep. Kev Mo's now 71 years old. Wow. Wow. Uh, we also set off the top of the show today. It happens to be the 80th birthday of one Mick Jagger. Oh, wow. Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones, and uh, he has his and he's still going. He put out a tweet and a nice suit. He's like, yeah thanks for all the well wishes and uh you know that is that's eighty years old and still rocking. man I'm half his age and don't move that well. And if you read the by, <laughs> if you know the the stones, he met Keith Richards when they were in school when they were seven years old. Wow, Isn't that the craziest thing. Craziest thing. Hey, look. Hey, Keith. <laughs> they're still going.
0: And they're still hanging out. They're still friends. Made, which is... I mean,
4: what a, what a songwriting, rock and roll writing combo they've been. They wrote most of the songs together, and uh, what a collaboration that's been for for music for this long. And it's still going for the Rolling Stones. Just saw them out in concert not long ago out at CODA in that massive throng of people. And traffic. But uh, good stuff this week. Uh so looking forward to, to getting out and getting after it uh with some Bud Lights and have a good time. Let's give away those tickets for Friday night. And this is one of your favorites, a rising star, Rob Baird. Yep. B A R B A I R D Correct. If you would like to be at that show, how do you want to do it, Ty? Caller or whatever. Caller number two. Caller two.
0: Awesome. And guys, before I before I jump out of here, I just want to say Bucky and, and Aaron, you guys have been a huge part of, of my life growing up, as well as a lot more recently getting to know you guys and it's it's been an absolute honor. So I uh, you know, I don't know where things go for, for me, et cetera, after this, but I just want to let you guys know how, how special this has been and I appreciate y'all letting me take this time and, and uh hang out with y'all every week. Yeah, you and, guys and are thank awesome. you for
1: taking those some of these young kids under your wing. I know you you love doing that stuff over the university with these players, and that's a that's a big deal to them. They they can use that guidance, and you know when when you say guys are coming out of their shell, that that's always a good thing for me to hear. When young men and young women come out of their shell, you know, yep. when they're yeah. helping others and they're not as quiet as they used to be, they're ready to speak up and really have a voice out there. And you help them get that voice, and that's that's fantastic for you. Yeah,
4: I, I think I'm, you said mentioned off the air that Xavier Worthy is a lot more vocal and outgoing this year than he was last year yeah
0: that th- it's cool
4: yeah and it, it's just cool to see the guys kind of grow
0: up and and you, oh, yeah. and you can tell when they take those leadership positions and really really step into that and I think I think you're going to see some I mean just this team this team feels so much tighter than it's felt in the past and I, I love that and you know we watched it with the basketball team last year Who were you know they were thick as thieves they were they were so tight and you, you know they obviously had had great results and I think I think we're going to see that in football well, just from that. And,
4: and yeah, we know we've talked about the ills of the NIL, and I know there's new laws being federal laws going through right now that are going to impact it, and maybe that's a good thing. But at the end, I, I love that I get to hear from you and we, our audience gets to hear from you on you know the impact these kids are having. And I can't think, Buck, you coached young people like that for a long, long time. I can't. Do anything but help them uh, get into the community and do good for people and learn that how they can help folks. I mean, Buck, to learn that at a young age, oh, not yeah. just to connect with people, but and make some money, but actually doing good for people that are hungry and seeing people that are much less fortunate than you. It's a great thing that they're that, that, that this is allowing that to happen for young people.
1: Well, I mean, they 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 come here and they've they've got all the the benefits of everything being at the University of Texas, and then they get a chance to see because some of them came from the means that they they're actually helping those kids some of them came from just like that 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 means a lot to for them to do
0: yeah and we've we've heard that a lot and i and i think look there's there's all these tales of all the you know all the ills of nil oh, yeah. but the, the amount of good that actually happens behind the scene you can talk to any of the charities we've worked with and and the way some of these kids download into what we're doing as well as just watching them interact and getting those moments to interact with the you know the heads of charities or the heads of businesses is is so good for them and, and developing and, and and I mentioned it before there weren't growing up there weren't a lot of opportunities to connect with right. the UT kids you had to go to the you know the the pancake breakfast or these types of things were the only moments you could actually hang out with the kids and now they're out there in the community they're they're doing you know two three events a, a week a month or whatever it is and getting that chance to really you know download into that and really kind of grow as as not only athletes and humans but business people and, and i just think there's so I mean, many great things with
1: and arch manning's money going to a hospital
0: a hospital i love that yeah you know
1: that is that is fantastic
0: what's that
4: up to now yeah let me check that I
1: mean, man CB that, will it send was it.
0: sixty thousand last time i checked
4: Sixty-two thousand. back wow. last time man. we saw it Yeah, arch manning is signed with panini trading company trading cards and things and uh but he, they've already declared that, you know, his first card, the 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 first ever Arch Manning football card, which someday may be very very valuable, is under auction right now, and uh, they're going to give all the money to to children's charities here in Central that's Texas. Just, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, if you haven't yet,
0: start start donating to TexasOneFund.org and the great things that organization's doing. So I think hey, you know, anything y'all can do to 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 get involved in that, I think is an awesome thing, and uh, it's it's doing some amazing things for the Austin awesome community and for these kids. Well, thanks for what you're doing for that Absolutely. and what you've
4: done for us and picking up the, the, the baton.